When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tonight's video is brought to you by Universal Yums, a subscription box service starting at just $15 that sends you delicious treats from around the world every month. The box they sent out to me had tons of treats from the UK with places like Scotland, Ireland, and even Wales being featured. All of it was absolutely delicious. With everyone being on lockdown, traveling the world is out of the question. So order a box through the description below and experience the world through your taste buds. And thanks to Universal Yums, for sponsoring this video. I'm a CNA at a small hospital where I started as a dietary cook. The switch happened at the start of November. In early January, I had an odd dream. I was going into work and there were all these little things that were not right. A resident who had recently passed was alive, and not only that, he was in the condition he was in the year before. He hadn't experienced the deterioration that plagued him for the last year of his life. Confused, I asked how long I had worked on the floor full time. The person I asked said that I switched two weeks ago, not the two months I actually spent on the floor. I walked to the dietary supervisor's office. We had a great relationship, and she was like a mother to me. I asked her the same question and she gave me the same answer. Two weeks. I was flabbergasted because I knew how long it had been since I left the kitchen. As I left, I noticed that her kitchen manager was a completely different person. He wasn't the best friend I had for three years I worked in the kitchen. He was someone else. This incident was six months ago. However, I rarely dream. When I do, the dreams are wild. They always fade from memory after I wake up, though. This one was too vivid. I remember the walk I took to the nurse's station to the kitchen. There were no time jumps like there are in normal dreams. I think I slipped into another timeline somehow. It's never happened again, and I'm grateful for that. Hey Mr. Davis, my name is Hannah, I'm a 27 year old woman living in Tennessee, but the story takes place back when I was a kid and my family lived in Southern California. I've shared this story around to Reddit and sent it to spooky story channels, so if anyone recognizes it, that's why. It's actually my dad's story more than it is mine. The year would have been 1999 and I would have been about 6. When I was a kid, my family lived in this little shithole town called Hemet, California, in Riverside County. My dad is an auto mechanic who then worked in the city of Riverside at an old auto place that no longer exists named Bader Motors, and got a lot of interesting vehicles and customers. So, as a result, he'd end up bringing home a wide variety of cars that he either traded or brought home from work on as a favor. At the time, the car we were using was a 1983 Lincoln Town Car. 
I don't have a picture of that exact car, but it was the classic, imposing, boxy, two-tone beast of a car you'd imagine. I remember being really fascinated by the fancy ashtrays and cigarette lighters set in the doors. Anyway, this night we were driving back from some trip. Back then, before the development of the past 20 years, the areas between other towns and Hemmings were a lot of empty stretches of desert, just flat highways going on endlessly until you hit the city limits. This was Route 74. There's more out there now, but anyone from the area can attest to the fact that there was absolutely fuck all out there in 99. Anyway, it was around 1 in the morning, and my mother and I were both asleep in the backseat of the car, enjoying how cushy it was. Dad was driving us home on this lonely stretch of road, and he starts coming up on the first traffic light for miles as we get closer to Hemet's. Then he notices something that he says, quote, made his hair stand up. The light changed. This was flat, dark desert, so if another car had set off this lonely night, he'd have seen the headlights coming for a long time yet. However, he saw nothing. When he approached the light closer, though, he sees one man step out of the oleander bushes and stand in the middle of the road. Initially, he slows down, wondering what this guy's even doing more confused than anything when, out of his peripheral vision, he sees multiple other people start stepping out of the bushes until they're surrounding the car entirely. I couldn't tell you the exact number of people or what they looked like since this was 20 years ago in the dead of night and it all happened pretty quickly, but how my dad tells the story, they must have looked pretty unremarkable. Nothing distinctive about them beyond this behavior. So my dad, always been a follow-your-gut kind of guy, and he tells me his thought process here is that no matter what the whole story is, nothing good can come of it. In this vast nothingness of inland Southern California in the 90s, and it's only us, there's nobody and nothing around for miles yet, and he's behind the wheel of two tons of steel. So he does the first thing that comes to mind and fucking floors it. This guy fails to get out of the way in time, caught off guard, and goes tumbling over the hood of the car, and my dad speeds us home without a word. Come the next day at work, my dad gets the feeling a little bad, wonders in the back of his mind, despite all evidence to the contrary, if this people had really just needed help or something. So he talks to a sheriff who was a buddy of his, and tells the guy what happened. I'm honestly kind of surprised, since my dad isn't a huge fan of cops, but I guess it was eating at him. The sheriff actually kind of starts to freak out a little bit and starts calling around to hospitals and all, asking if anybody had come in from that area with the sort of injuries consistent to being hit by a car. He tells my dad that he'd done the right thing because, according to this guy, there had been a string of violent carjackings in the area. A series of instances that ended up with people dead, especially elderly people, as Hemet was known kind of a retirement town. The Lincoln might have looked like some granny's car to these people. My dad also mentioned cars being found burnt out in the desert around that time, with the drivers and passengers still inside them, though it's unknown if any of this was connected. I've never been able to find anything corroborating the story, so sadly I can't say if anything came of it. So for now, it remains just a spooky story to tell folks that leaves me with the chilling thought of what might have happened if my dad wasn't the sort of dude to hit a guy with his car if cornered. I was a little girl of seven in 1981 when I shared a room with my younger sister, who was only six. 
Our father was very, very strict. Lights out, no talking after 8 p.m. And because we were young girls, we broke the rules so often, he took our door. One night, I was awoken by the feeling of someone staring at me. I looked around the room for some reason and was terrified. In the doorway was a man. He wore a white button shirt rolled to the elbows, a vest, dress pants with wingtips. On his head, a fedora. His face was in shadow, but I could see and smell the smoke raising from his cigarette. The more I looked at him and I began to understand that I could kind of see through him. I was petrified and started saying my sister's name. When she answered me, I could hear the fear in her voice as well. She could see him too. He never said a word, just stood and stared. My sister couldn't take it anymore and said scream. So we did. She closed her eyes, but I didn't. Doors were slammed open. I could hear feet running. My father and brothers busted into the room. At first, they thought we were dreaming or making up scary stories to scare ourselves. They checked every door and window, and they were all locked. As my father came back to the room to punish us, he stopped in the doorway, looking at the floor. There lay ashes, as if someone had smoked a cigarette. My father called the police, and they took prints but found no one's but the family's. After the police left that night, or should I say early morning, I told my father the rest of the story and about how my sister and I started screaming. The man kind of straightened in the doorway, still staring at us, and then faded away. We didn't stay in that house much longer and were sent to my grandmother until we were moved. It was the 4th of July, 2015. Me and my older brother Dylan were celebrating. Dylan was wearing a black shirt and a pair of pajama bottoms. We were out in our patch of woods behind our house. We were in the woods as to not have cops show up. We'd been shooting off some rockets and cones, just your average smaller fireworks. We were setting it up on a small piece of plywood we'd found back there. Dylan was watching me set up a rocket. About that time, he realized he dropped a pack of cigarettes on his way out there. He told me to stay, and he'd be right back. And off he went. I was just about to send off the rocket when he came back. Something felt different about him. He said, here, give me the lighter. I told him, hold on, let me light this real quick. His face grew irritated, and he said, just let me see it first, with little patience, while motioning for me to hand him the aim and flame. I agreed and did so. That's when he turned around and took off in the same direction he'd come from, and I stood there in confusion for about eight seconds. Then I heard from behind me, Dylan calling me over. I followed his voice and came to him. I asked, Can I see the lighter? I don't have it, Dylan replied. I told him, You took it. He stared at me and told me, No, I didn't. Don't you really have it? But in that moment, it clicked to me. The Dylan that took my lighter didn't have anywhere near the same clothes on, and he wasn't wearing glasses either. The Dylan that took the lighter didn't have anywhere near the same clothes on, and he wasn't wearing glasses either. 
The Dylan that stole my liner was wearing a white t-shirt, jeans, and an unbuttoned blue flannel. There was no way he had time to change, and he would have given me the liner if it was him anyways, as we were very limited on time. We never did find it, but I do wonder how close my brother was. Would that thing have stayed once he heard Dylan call out to me? I gave birth to my daughter two months before my 19th birthday in 2017. Her birthday is March 11th and she was born at 1.13 in the morning. She was premature and had a condition called gastrochitis, which is where her intestines were exposed at birth. She spent four weeks in neonatal ICU. As she grew older, my dad quickly became her favorite person, even more than me. As soon as he would walk in the door from work, she got excited and would run to him as quickly as her chubby little legs would carry her. I moved in with my, at the time, fiancé in November of 2018. My dad would take my daughter over to his house every now and then for sleepovers. That was her favorite part of the week. My husband and I married in March of 2019, two days before my daughter's second birthday. Sadly, my dad passed away from a heart attack May 7th that same year. He passed in his and my mom's bathroom. Every time my little family and I would visit the house, my daughter would run to my dad's room to see if he was there. We ended up moving back with my mom that following October. Fast forward to March 11, 2020, it's 12.43 in the morning, technically my daughter's birthday, and the baby monitor is on. It's a plug-in one that doesn't take batteries. This is what the monitor picked up. There was only one other time that this happened, April 2nd of this year, at 3 in the morning. I don't know if you guys can hear, but she's saying, she's saying, I'm sorry, mommy, right here. Neither instance has happened since. So, this is a story from my mom, who has unfortunately passed away. She also experienced some very odd things while she was alive. I never thought of it like this, but it seems my family all have some strange paranormal experiences. So, one of her experiences, and probably her most scarring, happened when she was in her early 20s. Before my mom had me, she worked as a typist. She was a popular lady and had a complete heart of gold. 
While working there, she became very close friends with a fellow co-worker. We'll call her Kay. Kay was pregnant, and all was well with her and the baby. My mom used to walk home after work, and one day, something horrifying happened. As she was walking home, she started to feel funny. The atmosphere felt strange, and she got really dizzy. She then saw, on the busy road ahead, Kay, her heavily pregnant best friend, getting hit by a car. She explained it as feeling like her heart had plummeted into her stomach, but she couldn't move. The scene was horrific. Then, as soon as she saw it, it was gone. The crash didn't happen. She'd imagined it all. Shaken but thankful, my mom rushed home and immediately rang Kay. Kay was fine. She was at home and safe. My mom tried to forget about the whole thing, but she couldn't. She couldn't shake the uneasy feeling from it and just couldn't comprehend what she saw or why she had seen it. It made no sense. Continuing on to the next day, my mom carried on as normal, still bugged by the whole thing trying to forget it. The day goes by with nothing out of the ordinary happening. The day ends and she makes her way home. Late that night, she gets a call. Hey Lynn, I'm so sorry to have to tell you this, but Kay got hit by a car and a hit and run tonight. Her and the baby didn't make it. Until the day my poor mom died, she partially blamed herself, feeling like she could have somehow stopped the death of her best friend and her unborn child. I have a cat named Crybaby. She's always meowing, just really verbal, and she seems to be playing with some type of entity in my house. My house was built in 1912, so it's fairly old, and it is my six-year-old landlord's childhood home. I'm not sure who might have owned the home before my landlord, but whoever the family is, I think it's them that haunt my house. I have memories of solid shadows moving through the kitchen at night while I sat there on the other side of a curtain in a bedroom and watched, and even my sister was with me when we saw the clear black shadow of a cat sitting directly in front of our bedroom door. I have five siblings, and we are all two years apart. When I was about nine or ten, we started getting interested in the possibility of ghosts and would do seances or play with a homemade Ouija board in our basement. One night, it was storming, and we shut the lights out downstairs while we did a seance. We sat in a circle, held hands, and called out to an entity that could have been in the house. The lighting flashed, and we all saw an old woman standing next to our group, and she disappeared when the lightning went away. We all screamed and ran up the stairs crying to our mom about what we saw. Fast forward 10 or 11 years, and there have been no new experiences since. There would be the occasional dish tossed to the ground or the flicker of lights, but nothing major. Except for one day a couple of weeks ago, everything started again. I started seeing shadows from the corner of my eye, and my cat crybaby has been acting weirder than ever. She meows a lot, but now it's almost a howl. I see her staring at something for a minute, then running away. The catalyst that began everything was one day when she was sleeping in a recliner in the living room. I sat in my bedroom with the door opened, and all of a sudden she opened her eyes, looked up, stood on her back legs, and sniffed the air like someone was holding her hand out to her. Ever since that happened, I felt an almost electrical charge in the air in my house. I'll send more updates whenever I can get to them.
When my son was about a year old, we lived in a house I believe was haunted. The previous owner had an elderly woman named Pearl. I would see things, like shadows moving across windows, feel someone in the room with me. I was never scared, just curious. My husband didn't believe me. Until one night, he saw Pearl. Our bedroom was across the hall from another room, and one night after getting into bed, he looked across the hall at the same time I did. I saw a figure move in front of the uncurtained, dark window. To me, it was a relatively normal sight, but my husband literally jumped out of bed and slammed the bedroom door. He said he'd never doubt me about Pearl again. We both saw the same thing. A woman, dressed in old-fashioned white dress with gray hair, walking in front of the window. But that's not the best story. My husband often worked weekends and was gone one Saturday. I put my son down for a nap and went to take one myself. My son usually slept an hour or so. I was exhausted and really wanted a longer nap. I checked on my sleeping son, checked the time inside, wishing for a way to stop time. I went upstairs, lay down, and instantly fell asleep. When I woke up, it was with a start to a very quiet house. Looking at the clock, I saw something like more than four hours had passed. The door at the bottom of the steps was closed. I assumed my husband had come home early and closed the door so I could sleep, so I went downstairs to talk to him and check on my son. But when I got downstairs, no one was home except my son. He was in his crib happily playing with all of his toys, none of which I had left in his crib. Some toys he had with him were from his closet or from high shelves. Even if he'd gotten out of his crib, he couldn't have reached any of them without making noise or waking me up. Again, I thought my husband had been home, given the baby his toys, and then left. Later, when my husband did come home, I asked him when he'd stopped by and why he'd closed the stair door, something I'd asked him not to do so I could hear the baby. He said he hadn't been home. He'd been at work all day. I didn't believe him at first, but he wasn't someone to lie about that. In the end, I chalked it up to Pearl, who had stepped in and given my son his toys to keep him quiet and closed the door so I could sleep and kept an eye on things. There's no other explanation. Having grown up in a haunted house, I'm no stranger to paranormal occurrences, and I will always try to debunk them if possible. I've wanted to share this story for a while now. My sister and I loved to go on walks, and on one such evening, we were about to cross an extremely old, rickety excuse of a bridge. It was early winter, but the river wasn't frozen over yet. We had our torches because I'm scared of the dark, and let's be honest, that was the sensible thing to do. There's an old Tanner's house on the river, and we would always get extremely off vibes from it in that area in general. He had a burning hatred for kids, and though we weren't children, 19 and 21, to him we probably would have been. We're on the bridge, and suddenly there's a massive splash and a gasp, as if for air from the shock of the icy water. We immediately shine our light on the spot we heard the thing go, and there's nothing. As we hurry to the opposite railing, we can hear something splashing and struggling in the black water, trying to escape, yet there's no one there. No ripples in the water, no nothing. Continuing to search the river for any signs of life, we find there's nothing in there. Nothing at all. 
were spooked and tried to reason the situation. It could have been an animal, but the sound of the water and that thing meeting it was far too loud for anything like that. And then there was that gasp. You could hear true terror in that voice. We continued to search in case someone had gone in, but there really was no one but us there. Later on, we came to find out that a man on a fishing trip had drowned right there. Right fucking there. I can still hear that pitiful, spine-chilling gasp ripping out from a throat that had been dead for nearly 50 years. About four years ago, my cousin asked my husband if we could house it for her and look after her dog, as she was going on holiday for a few weeks. My cousin asked that we sleep at her house in the time we were house-sitting, and we did so with our three-year-old son. Now, I've been to my cousin's house a few times. It's an old house with some history attached to it, but nothing of interest, really. It was a one-story house which has an attic, however, from the inside of the house, you cannot access the attic. The house did have some remodeling done over the years, and additional rooms were also added to the house. Somewhere during the remodeling and extension, the attic got closed off. From outside the house, she could see the little windows to the attic. The day we arrived, I got settled in and started walking up to the house to open the windows, as it was summer and really hot. As I reached one of the rooms, I froze dead in my tracks. I suddenly felt this awkward, unsettling feeling. The room was very cold, and even though it had big windows and white walls, it was still so dark. I eventually snapped out of it as my husband came up behind me, and immediately he said, This is a creepy room. We both then tried to open the windows of the room to get some fresh air, and as it was stuffy, but both windows were jammed, and not even my husband managed to open it. We both agreed to close the room door for the time period we were staying there, as it was just plain creepy. Even if you just walked past it, that feeling you get, I don't know how to explain it. We didn't talk much about it and carried on with our stay there. One night we were having dinner in the living room. The living room was directly linked to the hallway that leads to all the rooms. So if you look down the hallway, you will see the room doors and the hallway ends with a wall with a mirror hanging from it. This particular night we were having dinner in the TV room. We were watching some kids movie when... The next moment, my son looks down the hall and points to the end of the hall and just starts crying and screaming. We immediately jumped up to comfort him, not understanding what is upsetting him so much. I told my mom and dad what happened, and my mom and dad just brushed it off as my son having a vivid imagination. About a week later, my parents came to visit us by my cousin's house to have a late lunch together. That day, my mom and dad were playing with my son in the living room, and my husband and I were busy preparing food. The next moment, we heard my son crying hysterically, and we obviously ran to see what was happening. As we approached the TV room, both my parents were white as sheets. They told me as they were playing with my son, all of a sudden he looked down the hallway and pointed to the end of the hallway and cried hysterically. My parents were both freaked out by the event and did not leave long after that. This made me uncomfortable, however, knowing I had to sleep there for a few more weeks. I did not want to think about any of the paranormal possibilities. We used to lock the door at night and put the alarm on when it was bedtime. During the night, we both woke up to the sound of the alarm going off and the dog barking like crazy. 
We heard some noises outside the room, and we both immediately thought there were intruders in the yard. Luckily, my cousin was registered to a security company, and I also called my dad. Both my dad and the security company arrived minutes later. My dad told us to stay in the locked room so they could scout the inside and outside of the house first. A few moments later, my dad told us it was safe to come out of the room. He asked us about the events and what we had heard and so on. We told my dad and the security company what happened. My dad called us to the creepy room to which the door we always kept closed and asked whether we left the windows open because both of them were wide open. Surprised, my husband and I explained to my dad that from day one, the windows were jammed and we kept the room closed and we never went in there. When we went into that room, both the windows were open. Between my dad and the security company, they could not find any sign of intruders. After this, I was very uncomfortable in that house. The room constantly freaked me out, and even though the door was closed, it almost felt like the room had eyes and was looking right through my soul. I know this sounds ridiculous, but I just can't explain the feeling. What would your opinion be on this? Do you think it could possibly have been something more than just coincidence? <laughs> 